We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking week six fantasy football projections on RotoViz Radio. What's up, RotoViz? All right, welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. Doing this episode on speakerphone on my iPhone, joined by Dave Caven in a traditional technological sense. Um, we are here to talk week six fantasy football projections, as always, using our game level similarity projections from rotoviz.com. Dave has his weekly article that's a great blueprint for the discussion. We're going to be rolling through that tonight as well as highlighting some other high-end and low-end projections from the tools this week. Dave, how are you doing tonight, man? I think that I am probably doing better than you are. Uh, So, you know, no complaints over here. Looking forward to getting through these projections, some interesting players this week. Uh, So, you know, glad to be at it after we had to kind of cancel Tuesday's episode and doing this in a rough fashion here. But we'll, we'll get through it, I think. Yeah, man. Uh, unfortunately, my iMac was purchased um, when Todd Gurley was still in college. So, <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of good years out of it. Um, but, you know, these things, temp, uh, you know, really only have the shelf life of, um, you know, two running back contracts. So it's, it's time to replace it. Uh, I, I'm going to try to get out to the Apple store tomorrow but didn't want to miss this episode it is uh, my favorite thing that we do each week during the regular season and if you want to hit hit a drop man let's just get right into the qb streaming options of the tools highlighting this week yes sir all right Dave. qb streamers man um you've got a great table here uh, in your article it is the article face up on rotavis.com right now uh, first name really coming to mind this week um, is Geno Smith, and and you highlight that he has no business being you know on the waiver wire this week. Care, uh, I think that's that's pretty obvious. But do you want to expand maybe on what his prospects for Week Six look like? Yes, definitely. So if you look at the average GLSP for quarterbacks this week, not even just among players that you would consider as streaming options, among all passers. He ranks at third with an average GLSP of 21.7. His 75th percentile 
GLSP puts him at 25.7. So he is ahead of guys like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. If you look at his distribution, Curtis, it's nearly all in the 15 up range. In fact, 28% of his matches went for more than 25 points when facing defenses like Arizona's. He's expected to put up 280 passing yards in 2.3 passing touchdowns in an average outing. Uh, this might be the best line that I have ever seen for a player that could be streamed. And if you look at, uh, you know, your typical one quarterback home league type of league where people are, you know, normally able to stream, you're not really doing it as much, uh, you know, in those 20 plus roster leagues that are very competitive, you're never going to see a guy that has a GLSP like this. So if you manage to stream Smith this week, man, it's a great week. Well, you can file it under things you love to see uh, for Gino to really be uh, blossoming at this late, I guess, late uh, middle career stage uh, in Seattle of all places for Pete Carroll. But this is pretty cool. Of course, you know, if, if fantasy luck uh, bounces the way it typically does, when all the stars are finally aligning for Gino, <laughs> he will probably put up, you know, he'll probably end up in our snoozer of the week uh, segment <laughs> next week. But, um, you know, he really, he has been on such a tear. He was actually available. Um, I, I don't think it was in one of uh, our main event um, groupings, but I think he may have been available in uh, Blair and I's main event league. And, you know, I put a bit in him for a bit in for him dropping Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where that's where we're at, at this point, you know, I'd love to be able to equal between him um, and another, you know, mid to low and QB one rest of the season. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where he can't be on the waiver wire, but he's almost like a streamer within your roster um, trying to play those matchups. So uh, tool has finally caught up to his production. And, you know, obviously, I think as, as fantasy managers, you know, our lineups need to follow suit. Um, another another player you're highlighting this week uh, from the tools uh, is Carson Wentz, who has just been an absolute roller coaster. Uh, what are you seeing um, this week in week six? Yeah, so Wentz looks like a fringe QB one this week, a floor of 13 points, which is not bad at all, uh, really for any player that's not going to be one of the studs at the position or a player that, you know, doesn't have that Konami code rushing upside 75th percentile of just 21.8 50th at 17.9. But again, these numbers for a streamer are actually pretty compelling. Largest distribution falls between 15 to 20 points with 34% of his matches in there does not have too much upside beyond 25 but does see 28% of his matches going between 20 to 25 points. So it's very likely we see him finishing somewhere in that 15 to 25 range, uh, making him probably the second best streaming option of the week, assuming that, uh, you know, Gino actually is widely available, which according to ESPN roster percentages, he is. Yeah, you've just got to take a bath um, or or for a strong drink after you click submit uh, and Wentz as your quarterback for this week. But um, I have done it. I've streamed him already once this season and it, and it worked out, you know, when you have um, a trio of a trio of wide receivers, like he does, you know, anything can happen in any given week. Um, and then just to kind of round out 
um, the streaming options. And again, it doesn't really make sense to talk about the highest end options at at quarterback. Um, but you know, um, for those of you that are you know, still trying to to patch in uh, that starting lineup for Dak Prescott, who's not back, or you know, somebody that's you know trying to um, you know patch together some starts for a Tua uh, roster or something like that. Uh, you're also noting that Jacoby Brissett, Zach Wilson, and Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, also um, viable options. For those of you needing to stream, let's click over to the running back position. Um, on the on the high end, man, Austin Eckler has totally redeemed himself uh, over the past couple of weeks, and it looks like it's going to continue this week. Yeah, man, he absolutely has. And this week, 22% of his matches going for more than 25 points. That number might not seem that high given some of what we've talked about with players like Cooper Cup this year, but for running backs um, in this day and age, that's a very significant percentage going over 25 and an average outing expected to put up 17.7 points, uh, 75th percentile of 22.5. And I'm actually going to read off here the stat line that gets him to that average projection. He's at 59 yards rushing 0.6 rushing touchdowns, four and a half receptions and 35 receiving yards. Uh, this could be a pretty monster outing for Eckler on Monday night against the Broncos. Uh, two of the players that I was drafting uh, routinely in rounds, you know, 14 through 18, uh, all summer long in, in uh, best ball formats were Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. It, it uh, warms my heart to see Jeff Wilson getting his first RB1 projection in the GLSP um, this week. What is his, uh, what is his floor and ceiling look like uh, for those that are um, now venturing into maybe an RB2 status uh, with Wilson on their team? Yeah, so his floor is actually at eight and a half points, which is very competitive, has a ceiling of 18.6. So that's a wide, fairly wide range, but it's notable that the floor is that high. Uh, Now, one thing that we actually did not talk about that might be worth mentioning uh, is the reemergence, if you will, of Tevin Coleman uh, in San Francisco, which I don't think should shake anybody's opinion of Wilson here projects for a good game. I just think it's it's actually kind of hilarious that Tevin Coleman has made his way back into the fray. So uh along with Latavius Murray and Jordan Howard who are now bounce, bouncing around getting chances. Oh. oh my gosh. Yeah, the Jordan Howard. I I don't I don't want to derail, but these these retreads are just maddening. Um I do think uh I think Tevin Coleman is back down on the practice squad. But if he gets called up again this week, they'll have to sign him to to the fifty three man. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how they play that. Um, some some players that are projecting highly, you know, maybe a little bit further down the list. Um, you know, first off, Brees Hall. You know, we talked about his emergence uh, as a, a dynasty asset. You know, I think he's he's obviously in the running for dynasty RB one. Um, if not, you, you know, maybe one more week. Uh, with receiving output like we just saw, I think he's going to probably be nearing consensus level there, at least until Jonathan Taylor um, starts to look like JT again. Yep. Um, his high-end projection, 75th percentile this week, nearing the 20-point mark in PPR. Uh, also, the tools are seeing Ramondre Stevenson as a solid RB1. You know, he really broke out in a big way last week. And again, you know, the tool doesn't understand or uh, doesn't, 
uh, it can't adjust for you know team or player specific context, so it doesn't know that Damian Harris is is very unlikely to play. And not to cut you off there, but it's notable too that Harris is going to be out because both he and Stevenson were in the RB one range this week. So it was expecting New England to put up a ton of rushing production. So I mean, it really is wheels up for Stevenson. Yeah, because, I mean, presumably, you know, Stevenson would take on not only his own projection, but, you know, some, some of the, the projection that uh, uh, was envisioned for Harris. Um, why don't you break down the Dallas backfield? Um, you know, I think this continues to be a conundrum uh, for, for fantasy owners, and it's like, you know, Zeke's getting some of the volume, you know, Pollard's popping the big plays, no one's really consolidating the role. Uh, in a way that is is helpful uh, for anyone that drafted either player. Um, what is the GLSB thing this week? Yeah, so it likes Tony Pollard by a pretty good margin. Um, one of the first things that you'll see is if you go in and you look at the tool and you go into the comparison tab, is that Zeke has 37% of his matches going under five points. Now, Pollard also has a kind of weak floor this week with 29% of his matches going under five points. But where you really see a difference uh, in their overall projection is that Tony Pollard actually has a decent percentage of players expected to score more than 15%. So more than a quarter of his due, whereas only about 9% of Zeke's uh, are expected to go over 15 points. Now an, an average projection uh, what we are a 50th percentile projection for Pollard is at 9.3 points. Zeke is at just 5.9. And I think some of what this comes down to Curtis is that we see Pollard able to break off plays, you know, like exciting plays in comparison to what Zeke is doing. Now it's not like the GLSP is watching the game, but on some level, those numbers are factoring in. Now I don't think either player is really going to go crazy against the Eagles Pollard's line puts him at 10 rushing attempts, 44 yards and gives him two receptions, another 20 yards, maybe as a receiver and just 0.4 total touchdowns. Whereas if you look at Zeke this week, uh, you, what you will see is that he's pegged with 11 um, attempts, 46 yards, one reception and just, uh, you know, 0.2 total touchdowns um so those average lines don't sound that different uh it's really the players on the edges this week that are making the difference between the two another situation uh similar you know a kind of a confounding backfield that hasn't really delivered the high-end performances uh is arizona and you know benjamin has a cotton sauce matchup against um the seattle defense this week the, the tool kind of likes Connor and, and, and Daryl Williams, but with neither one of them likely to be available, you know, Eno has a chance to consolidate some of um, that projection. And, you know, I think he's definitely flex worthy this week. He's still out there in quite a few leagues as well. Um, you know, even in competitive leagues, I think he's been kicked to the curbside. He's certainly available in, in most casual leagues. So uh, if you have a, uh, a late waiver deadline or uh you potentially you know if you have a first come first serve situation after your fab run um i could still see you know potentially being out there uh you know after waivers run 
So make sure you take a look at Benjamin. On the low side of the running back picture, though, Dave, I mentioned Mostert a few minutes ago. Uh, unfortunately, the GLSB not liking Mostert quite as much this week. Uh, other players kind of in the, the trash heap for projection purposes include Travis Etienne and Alvin Kamara. Uh, any notes on any of those three situations? Yeah, well, one of the things here that uh, for Mostert is kind of tough is that he's reached the point now where you're expecting pretty good production out of him, but we actually see 51% of his matches failing to get to 10 points uh, and then really no upside uh, beyond 20 points. So not the type of projection that you like to see. Now, Alvin Kamara, we're still waiting for that big game this year. Uh, and just to kind of highlight what his season has been like, the Saints are playing the Bengals, and Kamara is projected with seven attempts, just 31 rushing yards, zero touchdowns as a rusher, uh, 3.5 receptions for just 24 yards as a receiver with just 0.1 receiving touchdowns. Only 10% Curtis of his matches expected to go over 15 points, meaning that 90% of his distribution falls below the 15 point mark. So not what you like to see for a former stud like Camara. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I was pretty happy with with week five. I mean, you know, week five was, you know, over 100 yards rushing. You know, he had a huge receiving game as well. So, you know, I, I think part of maybe what is holding him back is his, his first two appearances this week. Okay, yeah, you're right. You know, that actually, yeah, week week five, you are correct. That actually is an exciting performance. Yeah, yeah but weeks, weeks one and three, you know, when he was playing, you know, I think that's probably, you know, with the recency bias and the tool, you know, that certainly is probably informing. He still has yet to score a touchdown this year as well. So I think that is also um, noteworthy. So I can certainly understand what the GLSB is saying there. Um, and then, you know, with ETN, you know, I think the Jags backfield is a situation where, you know, J-Rob all, all of a sudden doesn't look invincible. Um, and ETN is, is chipping away at the opportunity share there. Um, but, you know, this isn't a, a week where, you know, the tools at least think that um, he's going to truly break out. So stay tuned on ETN, and we'll continue to watch him over the next week or two. I do think um, it's setting up for him to, to take over in the second half of the season and potentially deliver some of the performances that everyone drafting him in the third and fourth round uh, were, were envisioning. Let's pop over to wide receiver, though, um, and, and hit some of the high end, because there's some names in here that have some great performances projected 
that are probably toiling on people's benches, and it might be time to get some of these guys into to line up. Yep. Um, before we hit those players, just kind of rounding out the, the top here, we already talked about Geno Smith as an interesting streamer. He has a huge projection uh, in the tools. So it's not a surprise that both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett project as top 12 position this week. And then, I mean, Marquise Hollywood Brown's just been smashing for the majority of the season. And, you know, we don't see him slowing down this week um, with a, a six reception, 70 yard projection uh, as his average outcome um, this week. I think where it starts to get interesting, you know, with the, with the big potential performances. You know, Gabe Davis looks healthy, puts up monster performance uh, with some huge plays in week five. And you highlighted Davis as one of the more interesting projections this week in the tool. What is it showing? Yeah, so you do see a, a lot of potential for a very big game, uh, which is the type of player that Davis looks like, the type of player that could explode at any moment. 18% of his matches went for more than 25 uh, points. We see an average outcome for players like Davis uh, at nine, around 16.6 with a floor 25th, 25th percentile projection of 9.2. Uh, so things looking very good for Davis from a distribution view. And if you look at the average stat line, um, it really likes his odds of finding the end zone against Kansas City. Uh, his matches, 70% found the end zone. They put up around 77 yards on just six and a half targets. Uh, and the other thing that I noticed, Curtis, was his distribution is fairly flat. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting distribution with just about an equal likelihood of him going um, across all the buckets except for the less than five, which perhaps you could say gives him some more downside. Uh, but I would actually argue uh, that this is a pretty solid distribution for Davis. He looks like a wide receiver and one this week. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's, it's kind of funny seeing the, the flat distribution, but it kind of makes sense. Like with his propensity for scoring long touchdowns, like, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's also likely to have a lot fewer receiving yards, I think. Yep. Um, so, so it is one of those things where, you know, you could see, all right, hey, it's, you know, n nearly a third of his uh, projections are under 10 PPR. Um, but when, you know, we kind of lump everything together, you know, you're, you're seeing two-thirds, you know, at 10 or above and, um, you know, nearly a third over 20. That kind of makes sense. I mean, if you stack a 60-yard touchdown, um, you know, just adding a 12-point play in there, a 13-point play, you know, that's going to make all the difference. And Davis is kind of shaping up almost as like, you know, the new Will Fuller, I think. Um, you know, Fuller was a compliment to DeAndre Hopkins, who was kind of getting all the volume. You know, kind of kind of reminds me of the, the situation with, with Diggs and Davis here, where it's like, you know, the big play, potential to maybe even have bigger games than Diggs uh, on occasion, but Diggs just being the more you know, bankable player week to week. Now we start to get into some of the interesting names, though, that maybe have not been making their way into to managers starting lineups. And this is the real value of the tool. Um, Jacoby Myers, man, he had actually been kicked to the curb in, in one of our main event weeks, Dave. And we, we threw in a bid of about 75% of our remaining fab. So I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, if we can add him to the roster. He's just been 
you know, crushing it from an opportunity perspective and as a GLSP license this week. Yeah. And it's like Tim, the majority of weeks, uh, this season. And I also think that the encouraging thing that you see is when we've been looking at the passing game matchup Raider, one of the things that uh, I've talked about is with, with the way that new England deploys its backs, you're going to see Myers getting exposure to all of the defenders on the other side of the field. So if they have, you know, a handful of players that are very stingy, he's still going to get some coverage from their defenders that aren't quite as good, which allows him to uh, always have the chance to get a nice play here or there this week, an average projection of 16.6 points um, very much concentrated past the 10 point mark And in a 75th percentile outcome, Curtis could put up 22.6 points and has a floor of 10 points this week. So imagine getting Myers off waivers and then popping him in that lineup and getting, I don't know, like 15, 16 points. It'd be a real gift. Yeah. What's, what's cool with Myers is just the the consistency, man. Um, You know, his last nine games dating back to last season, last nine games played, of course, uh, he has at least six targets in all nine of those games and no fewer than four receptions in the, any of those games. You know, he just has a really uh, predictable floor. He's not scoring a lot of touchdowns, um, you know, but he has six or more receptions in, in five of those last um, nine games. So, you know, he's kind of shaping up as a, a uh, off-brand um, Jarvis Landry type uh, at this point in his career. Um, which, you know, that, that, that is certainly acceptable uh, in, in PPR formats. Um, a name that was being drafted in the single-digit round, but is really yet to turn in that big performance, uh, Brandon Ayuk, um, you noted that he's got a wide receiver three, DLSP, this week against Atlanta. That's actually, I would say, you know, kind of consistent with where he's been. You know, he's had quite a few performances, over 10 PPR this week or this, or this year. Just kind of waiting for that big pop to occur. Uh, a player that I think is still has a lot of intrigue, and we're still waiting to see who's going to win the arm wrestling match between the veteran and the rookie, Romeo Dobbs. Highest GLST of the year uh, this week, Dave. Yeah, and so he actually um, is expected to draw about six targets, four receptions, 41 yards, 30% of his matches found the end zone. Uh, now, just 18% of his comps went for 15 or more points, but we see roughly a third going between 10 to 15, uh, which I think for a player like Dobbs at this point in his career, that's a pretty solid projection. And if you compare him, let me pull this up here very quickly to Lazard, for example, uh, what we'll see here is that their distributions are pretty similar. Uh, You do see Lazard getting uh, a little bit uh, of a better projection between 15 to 20 with 23% to 9% for Dobbs, but pretty similar um, overall. So kind of a discount play there to get some, uh, you know, a nice performance in your flex perhaps. Uh, from one of the receivers on the Packers. The other player, too, that I'll mention since we're talking about Green Bay, Green Bay right now, Randall Cobb actually kind of has an, <laughs> a distribution that tracks with Lazard 
as well. Uh, so Cobb might be another sneaky play if your hand is kind of forced this weekend. You need to get somebody to fill in for a, uh, you know, a flex spot. Dave, I don't think my brain can handle the idea of back-to-back Cobb smash weeks in the year 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, uh, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared for that. So, um, yeah, we may have to revisit that one if, if he comes out and puts up, you know, 18 plus PPR again um, this week. Uh, uh, in, in wrapping it up in, in your article, uh, you noted that um, it may be another week before we see, you know, full on Chris Godwin, uh, only 16% of his matches, you know, about one in six uh, in his 50 game uh, uh, sim cohort scored more than 15 PPR. Is anyone else at wide receiver as you look through the the GLSP for week six? Any anybody else you know really popping on the high end or any other notable uh, potential snoozers this week uh, that we can kind of throw in here as a, a quick bonus at the end of the episode? Yeah, uh, just for a quick note on Godwin. What's really going on there is that uh, his comps did not find the end zone enough. It would be interesting if I did a little exercise where I bumped up his touchdown. Uh, percentage on the year to see if that might shift things. Uh, but we see Chris Olave, who's been awesome, coming in as wide receiver 16 on the week. Uh, very encouraging to see Isaiah McKenzie getting up into um, like fringe, yeah, fringe wide receiver two territory, which also makes Khalil Shakir an interesting name uh, if we continue to see players getting banged up in Buffalo and he gets called on to do some of the things that McKenzie or Crowder uh, before he went out would have been doing as far as players that project lower than you might like to see Adam Thielen um, is not in wide receiver three range. We see Garrett Wilson scoring a little bit lower this week than you might like, Uh, but there's really not too much else. That's crazy. Um, at this point, you have DJ Moore falling, you know, very far down, deservedly so. Will be interesting to see without Mayfield what things can look like there. Uh, but really, no other surprises. So hopefully, this gets uh, our listeners ready for this weekend. Um, we'll be doing a passing game matchup episode tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, we're not doing it through via phone with you, but it seems like that might be the case. Yeah, there's a high probability. Um, even if I even if I bring home a fun white box uh, from the <laughs> Apple Store with me on the way home from work tomorrow, I highly doubt that I will have had time to set it up uh, and install all of the necessary uh, apps and and uh, hardware uh, etc. Et that would be needed before we record. So it'll be fun. You know, hopefully it wasn't too distracting for people to hear me over the phone instead of the microphone. I appreciate everyone's understanding there. Um, but, you know, Dave, just uh, appreciate um, the way that you lay out this article and would encourage people um, to look at it in written form. You do a great job of incorporating, you know, various visuals from the tools and, and your QB streaming uh, table is, is particularly interesting. It's something that you're obviously, you know, c- kind of creating as a labor of love um, to, to get people uh, an opportunity to, to choose from kind of a smattering of QBs each week. So um, great work by you. You can check it out on rotovis.com. Um, be sure to tune in later this week for the passing game matchup show. And as always, best of luck in your matchups this week. 
Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.